0: Every sound I hear, every time the phone rings, every shadow in the corner of my eye, I think it's Bill. I keep expecting him to come through the door and say, it's okay." <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This is episode 135, recorded on October 23rd, 2014. This is our Game on Ghouls episode. We're going to talk about some Halloween stuff, including recapping the final season of True Blood. And some of our scariest Halloween moments. So stay tuned, and thanks for choosing Game on Girl. This year was the series finale of True Blood, the vampire story set in southern Louisiana based around a telepathic waitress Sookie Stackhouse and Bill Compton, a gentleman vampire. Based on the eight book Sookie Stackhouse series by Charlene Harris, this is a cult favorite and has a huge following of uh, fangirls and fanboys and people just love this series. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of it too, although I have said in the past and will continue to say it really should have been called tits and blood, but, um, (laughs) I agree that might be a topic for another discussion. (laughs) So you binge watched, uh, season seven recently on Amazon, right?
0: Um, yeah, I pretty much binge watched all of true blood because, um, of course I don't get cable. Right. So as soon as it became available online, um, I, I been watched through it. I, I really was not interested in True Blood. Um, uh-huh. I, I read the first book in the series, and that was uh, one I think we've talked about on here before that I yeah. did not know was a- A uh, series. Yeah, it was. I didn't know it was a bodice ripper. <laughs> right, and bodice ripper. I was ripper. <laughs> listening to it on a uh, trip through the mountains, driving, it was an audio book and <laughs> it was very interesting listening to it as an audio i bet <laughs> uh, especially when we're expecting the sex scenes but okay. after seeing the the campy previews and stuff like that it's like I, I can't believe they made this into a series they they really can't yeah, be serious I, I
1: think that's one of the things that that made me stick with it as a tv show i haven't i haven't read the books and i have um now that it's over no intention of reading <laughs> the books <laughs> Um, and I know they did a lot of changes from the books to the to the show, so nobody needs to sort of skewer me on that. I know it's I know it's a very different sort of storytelling, and they did a lot of different things with the characters. Um, but one of the things that made me stick with it was it True Blood never took itself too seriously. Yeah, exactly. And that I appreciated. It could have gotten really kind of wrapped up both in his, in its success with its fan base and with, you know, kind of its storytelling. And it it never did that. It always had this kind of like, we know this is ridiculous.
0: Yes. And I think that's the reason why I ended up getting hooked on it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I started it simply as kind of a cultural reference thing um, because it was really huge at the cons when the actors would show up and, um, and I got to watching it and I just, I just laughed like crazy. Yeah. I'm like this is um, it, it's just beautifully composed for what it is, and everything met the theme and in, in humor and dialect mm-hmm. and just everything.
1: Yeah, it really it really was on on point for many many of the 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 different topics that they sort of addressed and the mm-hmm. characters and you know it, it it often I don't know I'm I'm noticing that this more maybe this this TV season more than normal but. Um, I love the secondary characters in True Blood. Like, those yeah. are my favorite characters. I love, uh, I'm trying to remember names now. Um, um, Jason. I mean, Jason's really kind of a main character. Jason's pretty yeah. fun. Um, he does a lot of really stupid things that you just want to, like, whack him upside the head for. Um, I love Lafayette. I think he may be one of my all time favorite characters. Well, Lafayette's an asshole. Uh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't say he wasn't an asshole, but I mean but he is he he is in character. He is in character. He stays in character. He stays <laughs> true to who he is throughout the whole series. And he's always the person one of the reasons why he is, you know, a jerk is that he will tell you the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: he will speak the truth about the people in the you know in his life and 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 i appreciate people who are willing to kind of step out and do that so anyway
0: so what did you think of the uh, final season and that's what we're going to talk about today so if if you haven't binge watched season seven yet of true blood which is the series finale yeah then you need to skip this because i mean it's nothing but spoilers from here on out yeah from this moment
1: forward we'll be spoiling the entire seventh season of the show so
0: everything.
1: So, um, you can skip ahead to the end of the show if you want to or come back later. <laughs> um, I was very satisfied with the this the, the series finale with this um, with this season. Um, I thought it was a little uneven in the beginning and I think it just took some time for it to kind of find its footing. but once it did, I felt like it kind of took off. Um, and honestly, I think one of, it's one of the biggest spoilers. One of the biggest things that happens in this season had to happen for this season to to take root. What? <laughs> Do you want to guess? <laughs> no there's so much alice had to die oh yeah oh he, yeah, yeah he yeah. just had to die and i and I, I love him i love his character um i love i loved his chest um i loved that he was half naked half the time i mean he was just great but he had to go
0: <laughs> yeah for the for the story to work yes. and I, I i think that they um alluded to it very very uncomfortably actually after Alcide dies that um Sookie wasn't that into him.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she says that the, in the show the night that he, the night that he dies. <laughs> yeah. She says it to Bill. She's like, he loves me more than I love him.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, that's horrible. Um, but it was her character. I mean, it oh, was Lord, yes. absolutely who she was. And very much, you know, True Blood was, uh, was in the, the Joss Whedon relationship um, camp uh, nobody could be happy in a relationship in true blood mm, yeah no mm-mm. no there were no happy as soon as somebody was happy uh, i actually uh saw the actor who played Ede, uh interviewed on um jimmy fallon and he said when he read the end of season six he knew it was gonna die at the beginning of season <laughs> seven because he's like oh damn it we're happy that's that's it it's over i'm gonna die <laughs> You know, it's not going to be sucky.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I but that the was... fans were very happy with Al Seed while he was there. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, the the
1: wolves in general, I, I felt added a, a depth that the story, the show, really kind of lacked before that. A little bit more earthy grittiness, I guess.
0: Yeah, it definitely did, needed a, a, a different flavor of character because mm-hmm. the uh, the vampires were going to be just real too too weighty
1: yeah
0: and their um their conflicts were going to be a little too not predictable but expected yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah so there are um several deaths Mm -hmm. in this season which you you would expect yes um, despite the fact that i would say overall um what season seven, what they wanted to do, it seemed like to me, is to bring back all of our favorite characters. Yes. Um, make some appearances by them. And oddly enough, give it a happy ending for right. most everybody. Yep, pretty much. Um, but in the process, um, just some pretty crazy stuff.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So. Okay. First death. The first Tara. death was Tara.
1: Yeah. I, I was a little off-put. I guess by the way they handled Tara's death. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like the fact that we didn't see it um, hmm. that it was just all of a sudden she was a pool of blood and yeah actually I think that that was the weakest um, conclusion of all of the stories. yeah um, her mother kind of getting the you know the mystical experience of being able to see her ghost and kind of say goodbye to her. I, I don't know. It didn't work for me. <laughs> I don't know about you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it, I think I could have dealt with Tara's death under a different storyline. Yeah. Because I was really liking the dynamic of Pam and Tara. I was too. That was part of what was so disappointing about yeah.
1: the way that she died. It was the first episode, right? The first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was in the first episode that she died. I was so mad because I had been really enjoying watching their characters develop together Mm -hmm. and, um, and watching Tara kind of blossom under Pam was, was fantastic. And, and watching Pam become a little bit more, um, empathetic and, and more, um, easily relatable of a character. Motherly. Motherly. Yeah. She, she was, yeah, she, she really kind of took to that in a way. Yeah. That I, I didn't foresee her character, um, developing and that was great
0: yeah it's not it's nice to see those characters challenged and mm-hmm. and grow and to step up um, to it you know yeah 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 and then after that of course al died mm-hmm. um he shot yeah. and um everybody kind of expected that and then there was just weirdness after that about uh, the the h vamps Right. Um, And because of the H vamps, then we got to see uh, Maxine Fortenberry die, which I think everybody enjoyed. Uh, Yes, that was very satisfying. That was fun. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's about time somebody did that.
1: Yeah. Of all the people, of all the characters that we loved that died in True Blood in other seasons and, you know, characters that you really appreciated, um, Mm -hmm. to have her still alive was kind of a crime. So. Yeah. It was nice. That I mean, it
0: made it that much sweeter.
1: It did make it that much sweeter. It was.
0: Yeah, funny. if you guys don't remember, Maxine is um, Hoyt's mother. Uh, his his very nagging mother, mm-hmm. and uh, she had to get out of his life. That's for sure. Because yeah. I mean, apparently he had to go to Alaska to get away from her. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, which I never liked that storyline. So. No, I
1: didn't either. I didn't appreciate the 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 way they handled that either, especially with the mind wipe and the whole thing was just. I mean that we'll get to that later, but um, they they did yeah. a satisfying you know yeah redraw of that. So if we go to
0: hookups, yes. Um, th- at the very beginning, uh, one of the things they got to resolve in the se- uh, in the season is that Eric has disappeared, right? And Pam hunts him down, mm-hmm. and Eric has caught um, the vampire. The lethal vampire disease, and he's just gone off to die. Right. And Pam manages to motivate him to um, get it in gear. Right. Give up his fatalistic attitude for one last mission, and that's really great. Yeah. Because um, we love seeing Eric that way. We don't. We do not like seeing Eric wanting to die.
1: No. No. Um. You know, he was such a, a powerful character, and you know, had all this kind of um, charisma and style and. Um I mean he was a jerk too. I mean who wasn't yeah. a jerk in the show really on some level, but um you know, he really did have that presence that made you want to kind of see where he had come from and how they had. I loved the the telling of their story together. Ugh, it was fantastic. You know, it was just really really great to watch them um them evolve and how they how they kind of came about and to see them in like 80s clothes was just
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's under um, one of the stories we wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. is Pam and Eric's backstory. It was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. It really was. That was among my favorite parts of the entire. And I sort of felt like that um, they were giving the fans a peek. Yes. Behind things. And it was sort of like a special little little thing for us. Yeah. Know? Yep. Yep. Um, Andy proposed to Holly. Yes. Yep. And so that was the beginning of their happy ending. Yep. Yep. That was a great Um one Now, my reference to Lafayette being an asshole was um, <laughs> him breaking up Jessica and James. Mm-hmm. A- and he just didn't break them up. I mean, they hit on each other, and she caught them screwing around in the parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, God, you're such an asshole. It was terrible. It was terrible, but...
1: In, in light of the storytelling, it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it made James's character more interesting. It freed up Jessica for, um, for the happy ending that the fans wanted as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of... And it also... Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it was definitely a jerk kind of thing to do. But Jessica was similar to Sookie. Yes, And that she was in a relationship with James, but not really in a relationship with James. And that was unfair to both of them. And so this makes it so that he could, you know, be free of that and she could as well. So
0: Yeah. And Lafayette, I mean, he confronts her with it, which Mm -hmm. really at the time was uh, pissed me off. It's like, you you know what, (laughs) you've got no room to talk here. Mm -hmm. But he he did kind of level some truth at her that she had to had to
1: deal with but. exactly well and, and that's one of the things that i love about him as a character like that's been his role through the whole show has been you know the truth teller um where he will just level someone with what he says you know with no yeah. holds barred and i appreciate that i mean yeah. I, I wish you know <laughs> i wish people were like that in real life more often <laughs> uh, no you don't no i don't <laughs> lie to me lie to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and one of the um other very satisfying stories was um Hoy comes back for his mom's funeral mm-hmm. and of course his mind is still wiped and he actually brings back a girlfriend with him right.
1: yeah
0: and uh but is un without explanation attracted to Jessica and they Explain they me. end up together they yeah. end up uh hooked up in fact they end up married yep. which bothered me but well but, yeah I, I
1: think if, if you look at the overarching themes of the season, um, not settling for second best in your relationship, um, both with uh, Jessica and James and Hoyt and with um, Sookie and Bill and Alice Ede, that's sort of a big thing. And I guess, you know, really, they did need to put a ring on everybody. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I just don't like the reason they did it. You don't marry somebody so a dead guy can walk you down the aisle. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, that's, that's not...
1: Oh, but it's true blood. <laughs> just,
0: oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so um, stories that uh, we wanted to see. Um, anything with Jason. Yep. He was... <laughs> he's just fantastic that whoever writes his dialogue yeah. and him delivering the dialogue they just they just didn't... got beat on him like oh, it, it was man. perfect it was absolutely perfect um and I have a feeling that a story that some people wanted and I left it off the list is was a love scene between Jason and Eric oh that was total fan you yes.
1: fan driven I there that I hadn't watched the episode and the next day after that episode had aired, I mean, just the the web sphere was alight with, oh, my God, they finally did it. Yay, 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 yay. And I'm like, what
0: is going (laughs) on? And with the way True Blood is – Anything can happen and it's reasonable. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're, you're so,
1: and that's, that's the beauty of them not taking themselves so seriously Yeah, is you're so willing to suspend your disbelief and just jump into whatever's happening. And, and that was, you know, you know, they open the scene up and you don't know what's sort of going on. And it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely fan motivated. So what did you think about Sam leaving Bontemps? I thought it was a good move. Um, I I always liked Sam's character. I think that um, he was the kind of guy that becoming a dad would have fundamentally changed how he looked at things. And as loyal as he had been to everything, I think he needed. He also needed. He needed to be out of Sookie's life as well. Like yes, there was very just much. too much between the two of them that. Would have continually complicated his fatherhood and his relationship with Nicole, and he needed to go too, um, just like Bill needed to go for the same reason. Yeah. Um, for Sookie to really be able to have a life uh, worth living, um, that wasn't going to be constantly tied to these other men who compromised every relationship she had. So. Yeah. He yeah. needed to go, and I think it was it was a graceful way. Um, yeah, to I do. To I um, and and to you know and to have that happy happy ending for for him as well.
0: I I I feel lucky that um, that Sam needed to leave and we all knew he needed to leave yeah um, to clear up his perspective. But I sure as heck don't approve of of some woman, Nicole, coming in and saying, it's, it's here or, or me. Right, right. And the way that she gave him an ultimatum. Yeah, now, I, yeah, I never Sam liked probably it. probably needed it. Yeah. But, um, as far, it, it, and like I said, that's a reason why it all worked out okay. Right. But, uh, but I have a problem with a person who's, who gives you an ultimatum about choices. And that, that, worked out in the scene because sam needed to go yeah he um he was always exactly like you said he was he was always clouded Mm -hmm. by the people that were around him yes and i don't think until he left bontemps that he was going to ever clearly see nicole and the baby the way that it was going to change his life and make him such a
1: he would um, have always compromised being there for them with with everything else that he was doing um and and so i i think that that was necessary
0: so yeah that's good Uh, the other thing we wanted to see is for sarah newland to be tortured endlessly for all time (laughs) yeah that was kind of awesome (laughs) no no holds barred And, and not just that but but with um with her uh, former husband haunting her. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was that was a nice little that was a nice little bit of uh, storytelling poetry right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think that's another sort of the, of the overarching themes or one of the great things about the way they closed out the series was, much like watching Maxine Fortenberry die, um, that satisfaction you got from the the bad endings of. People who were disloyal. I mean, that was really it. People who were disloyal had bad endings in True Blood. And I I think that's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sarah Newland was a fabulous character. And I enjoyed watching every minute of that. She was a great antagonist. She was, yeah. Uh, It it was a beautiful character. She did a great job. She did. She did. And the actress did a great job. She was. now, watching True Blood from the beginning I wouldn't ne- i would want to go back and watch all of them again, but a character that kind of rose to the top that another character that to me the writers and the producers and everybody went huh this is getting some attention was ginger yes, and <laughs> I'll never forget at what point during one season i was i just every time she came on the screen, I started laughing I'm like man, the only lines that woman has is screaming. Right. (laughs) And then it became very pointed that when she was on scene that that something would happen and it was just like, the scene would be holding for her to start screaming. I was like, oh, this is great. They know
1: exactly what they're doing. It was very intentional. Like her her characterization and her writing was was very intentional, which was great.
0: And to include her in that Pam and Eric backstory... (laughs) Absolutely! Oh,
1: I love it. Perfect. I it just love so it. And the, and the climax, literally the climax with Eric. <gasps> the best scene, I think is the best scene of the whole. Yeah. Everything. I, it was just fantastic. I mean, it was just great. You can't really, you can't really hide.
0: There's just no. nothing else to say about
1: it. It was just
0: uh, Well, Eric's horrible. best line ever. Right. Uh Ginger are are you okay? <laughs> it's just so funny. But that during the during the entire uh series, one of the one of the overarching things was that Ginger was completely and utterly enamored with Eric and um always wanted to have sex with him and she thought that she could be one of the uh, vamp tramps and right. um, would eventually one day get to have sex with the great vampire Eric right. and luckily for us in the, this last season that she she got to yeah. and it's hilarious it is it really is it's, it's really fantastic yeah. but yeah. that was another hookup that was that was worth waiting for. I could have seen that and not seen anything else. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That would have been good. <laughs> um, under the category of why did they do that? Um, well, because it's true blood. <laughs> <laughs> and there was Jason with the vampire Violet.
1: Yeah. I, I think that that was, um, that was really well done, too, because it's the first time where Jason isn't in the power position sexually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that was necessary for his character as well and to watch and see the impact it had kind of on him as a person um, to have a woman say, you're going to wait, you're just going to wait. And I think that that was, you know, that was interesting. I mean, Violet just in and of herself, um, I wasn't particularly compelled by or intrigued with. And so I was kind of glad when she made her departure. But um, but that was necessary. And it would have only been really a, you know, centuries old vampire who would have been able to control Jason like that.
0: (laughs) Or if you were
1: were tigers. Oh right. We're
0: we're panthers, yeah. Yeah that which I am so glad that no references ever made to that ever again. Yeah,
1: I know that was as if it never
0: happened. Yeah, thank God. That mm-hmm.
1: was that was weak. That was definitely weak. It
0: was awful. Yeah, that
1: was terrible that and the the orgy season with the um oh god. Bacchus
0: thing. Witch, goddess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, goddess thing that was that was the I, I remember also thinking when I cuz that was season 2 I think. I'm like, "Oh, this is the orgy season of <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And I've got on here Mr. Gus. Oh, he was fantastic. The, um, <laughs> the Asian character from Texas... Oh, yes, yes, yeah, the cat. What a great character. Yeah, with the hat
1: and the boots and, Southern
0: Texas, I mean, a good Southern Texas accent on this guy. That was impressive, actually. That was, you know, his his characterization and his acting was really, really fantastic. The first time he came on the screen and he introduced himself and said he was from Texas, I was like, oh, this is so good. (laughs) It really was. um,
1: Unexpected. But, but like you said, in a very true-blood way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very yeah, much. And the HVAMPs were just, um, I think it's part of that early part of that season where you uh, you were saying it was kind of chopped up and yes. messed
1: up. Trying it, to they, get its footing. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think it was having to wrap up a story thread so it could do the kind of finale with the flashbacks and the hookups that they wanted. Yeah yep. And uh, the whole HVAMP thing was yep. just... Absolutely. I, I watched most of that with my head tilted to the side.
1: Yeah, I I, I was that was only I, I think I tweeted actually in that time you know True Blood why can't I quit you um because I was I was so kind of like off kilter <laughs> yeah with those episodes because it really was having kind of a hard time figuring out what it wanted to what it wanted to say so yeah yeah but I'm glad I I'm glad I hung in there it's one of the few uh, times yes. where a show has been so off that i was actually glad that i stuck i stuck around watching it
0: so surprisingly even after the series had ended and everything i had not found out um that bill dies oh really Um, i I didn't until i watched the show oh well that's good that's i was i was thrilled because Mm. the entire time i'm watching it i'm going is he really gonna die really is he
1: really (laughs) i thought that was great I was really, yeah. I was really good. I was really good because because it's so rare that they kill off a main character. I mean, even if it's the last episode of the show, it it it, it doesn't happen very often.
0: No, because I mean, everybody, I mean, as an audience, wants to keep those characters with them, right? And keep right. them going and have hopes of. And everybody you know, has that, you know. Everybody, in some level,
1: I, I won't say everybody, but I'll, I'll, you know, a lot of fans wanted Sookie and Bill together. I mean, yeah. they really wanted that, and. And it couldn't ever really be, and that was it. Was great that they recognized that, and they didn't force it to happen to make the fans happy. So,
0: no, it would have been like Ross and Rachel getting together, and yeah. you're just like, no, or you no. know,
1: um, Mulder and Scully. Yes, you know when when they, they they took that too too far and too long into you yeah. know in playing with the attraction to when it finally happened, you're like.
0: Duh. But I love the way Sick. they explained it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they really traced back to um where bill's heart truly was right and um the idea that um and and some of it took a while for me to get but the idea that having the disease and and feeling sick was the first time he would have felt human in a long time which was something that was kind of a big deal to him yeah yeah especially (laughs) because it was
1: you know not by choice he became a vampire yeah.
0: yeah yeah
1: so the closing scene yeah I actually was kind of like, oh, well, okay, great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I didn't need it. I didn't need it either. It, it, I didn't need it. I didn't need to see. I mean, I spent that whole thing trying to figure out who Sookie ended up with for yeah. them not to show us his face. And I was like, oh, that means he was nobody that we've known, which is fine and probably how it should have been. However,
0: Normal life.
1: the whole the whole that whole scene, that's all I was thinking about was. Okay, who is oh, that? Oh yeah. Who is it? And and then to be like, okay, well, they're not showing us on purpose. And and I that's fine and I get it. I didn't I didn't need that for the ending, you know. No. Mm-mm. No, but you know, you forgot one of the um stories we wanted to see. What? Um with uh Terry and the redheaded waitress whose name I can't remember right now. Arlene? Arlene, yes.
0: Terry died in season 6. <gasps> yes, that's right. I mean, everybody came back.
1: Right. And I was really mad about how he died and yeah. the ending of that story. I was pissed. Like I almost didn't forgive True Blood for that because Terry was one of my favorite characters and um, the way that storyline had played out had really hurt. <laughs> and so yeah. I was yeah. so thankful that she got closure with him in a, in a yes. real and true way because I think I would have been, I would have been not happy with the whole
0: season yeah not happy. it was great to see terry
1: again <laughs> yes it was it was and to see him to be able to express the love the way that he did to arlene and yeah and have the kind of closure that allowed her to go on with her life was you know in terms of wrapping up stories it was it was yeah. definitely necessary
0: yeah because that 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 storyline with terry was really it wasn't that was messed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, was some messed up That stuff. was a pretty, yeah, that. that and definitely. shocking.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can appreciate it for the shock factor, but oh my God, for the ripping my heart out
0: factor, I was not yeah. a happy camper. Yeah, that was rough. But. Yeah. Anyway, overall, congratulations, True Blood, that you stayed true to yourself, and um, you really did a season seven for the fans, and we thank you. And as Bill would say, suck it. I, I go back and watch that scene i, I i'm rolling and laughing every single time it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. because because Suki's the one that's saying it
1: yeah i know i know that's the best part about it it's
0: the best part if you guys want to check it out it's season three episode yeah. two it's yep. fantastic. it is yep Um, If there's anything that we missed or anything that you just really, really disagreed or hated that they did in uh, the closure of True Blood Season 7, be sure and let us know. Um, We've had a good time with it, and we'd like to hear whether you did too or not. So, this coming weekend is going to be Halloween, Halloween. And I don't think we've ever done a Halloween episode before, Regina. No, no, I don't think we have. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I, I can't believe it. But um, the Halloween, we love celebrating Halloween. It's actually my husband's favorite Ooh, holiday. Nice. Um, it never really was my favorite holiday, um, but uh, I did. I. I, it's growing on me it's mm-hmm. growing on me definitely so I thought we'd just talk about some um, just general scary recommendations um start off with have you got any of the ideas of the scariest games you've ever played
1: um I, I do actually I have a video game and a board game for, uh, Oh, oh cool. scariest um the video game is Silent hill oh uh, yeah um and I I will admit to having uh, watched that be being played and not playing it. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't do a lot of horror just in general. It's not. I don't. I don't really like being scared. I'm one of those people. So, um, but I watched it and that, and that game was terrifying. I mean, it just it was suspenseful and it was you know uh, kept you on the edge of your seat you know with with the action and the story and everything. So yeah, definitely Silent Hill. What about the board game? So for board game, I said Pandemic. Um, because oh, yeah. when I play Pandemic, I actually think about like what it would be like if it was actually happening, um, and goodness, it I, gets in your head. It huh? does get in my head, yeah. So I told you I don't do I don't do horror. There's reasons. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so uh, did you have a scariest game to recommend? Um, yeah, and some people may not consider them scary games, but I think it's mostly the situation, um, Dead Space really scared me. Oh, yeah, Dead Space was, yeah. They, they had a lot of things going for them, and I think they wanted to be scary, so I feel really valid in that. Yeah. Um, the thing, the mood music, the sound effects, all of the little things that kind of go on, and then all of a sudden there's stuff that's jumping in your face, which I absolutely despise, that just... That yeah. really gets to me, unnerves me really yeah, bad. So absolutely, um, I didn't play very far in Dead Space. I think no. that was part
1: of it. I just played the um, the demo, I think, on it. Yeah, and that was enough.
0: Well, what about scariest movie? Have you got
1: Have you got one or two? Um, I have one, um, The Shining. Oh, <sighs> Wow, still scares me. Um, and it terrified me when I was a kid. I remember trying to watch it, like, when my parents yeah. went home um, and just being scared. Yeah, really scared. So – but my parents always made fun of it because my dad would say, you know, here's Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, imitating um, Jack Nicholson in that, who yeah. was imitating The Tonight Show, I think, right? Um, so, yeah, that that scene that I just – yeah. And I've been in that hotel. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. Not the big one, but the one that they filmed the interiors in is in the, uh-huh. um, Yosemite. Um, and I've been in that that the, the entryway and some of the, the main interiors they used, I think was the. Um,
0: I think that would kind of freak me out. Being yeah. In the it actual was, hotel. Yeah, it was.
1: And I had just watched it, too. And it was like, I feel like little girls are about to show up. Yep. I, you know, I should see the kid, you know, roaming around on his um, big, big wheel. wheel. Yeah. yeah. What about you?
0: Um, I would probably say that the one that I would be the most hesitant to sit down and watch again would be Session 9. I know nothing about it. (laughs) Um, I don't remember how I heard about it. I think it, it, it could have been someone else because I wasn't completely, I wasn't very much into horror films at the time. And it is very basic. It's about some guys who are out of work. They need jobs. And one of the uh, sort of like the foreman of the group manages to get a job to remove the asbestos in an old, abandoned, in, uh, insane asylum. And so they go in, small crew, uh, giant asylum, and try to remove, you know, do the work. And obviously, somewhere along the way, they get uh, possessed or influenced by the evil spirits that are in the asylum. And yeah. they either, um, begin to kill each other off or kill other people off. And it's just as creepy as I'll get out. Um, it's got a lot of familiar faces in it, um, even though that um, it's not a very well-known movie. But um, the pacing's good. I think the actors uh, really set a great mood because you're, you're very, very sympathetic for them because they're trying. And then they look like they're going insane and turn evil. And so you've got this whole mixed feeling about them. And at the same time, you're scared of them. It's, it's, it's kind of a, and session nine is supposed to be um, a recording of a psychologist's session with oh, a patient, with patient yeah. that is actually possessed. Oh, and one of the guys goofing around in the, warehouse trying uh, in the oh, asylum trying primary. to do, found the tapes evil dead of them yes and started playing the tapes yeah. never, play, never the tapes. play the tapes
1: never read aloud from the book come on people i don't watch these movies rules. and i know this stuff
0: rules <laughs> have you seen that that recent geico commercial about that no i don't oh think my so god it's so funny you, you get these four teenage kids and they're filthy and it's at night and they're running up and they're running obviously from an ax murderer or something. And they're like, what do we do? What do we do? And there's a creepy house in the background. And someone says, why don't we go inside the house? Why don't we split up? Mm -hmm. And one of the girls says, why don't we just get in the running car and leave? Right. (laughs) And someone goes, that's crazy. Let's hide behind this wall of chainsaws. (laughs) And they just keep doing
1: all this really stupid stuff. That's funny, that's funny. So what about TV? Um, I don't really watch any scary TV, um, but I can tell you that um, just the still pictures from American Horror Story terrify me. <laughs> I don't, I didn't even watch it. And my friends will post like articles on Facebook, or I'll see things on Twitter, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. You sorry. know they
0: they really had a brilliant idea with that, with with dealing with a, a different sense of terror in mm-hmm. every season. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, we were talking to yeah. jim remember jim yeah. yeah we were talking to him whether he was watching he was like you know i didn't finish watching the first season and got to talking to him about it he goes i think that was it i think it scared the crap out of me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't
1: finish watching it i you know and it's funny because i don't know why because i don't watch anything like this it's it's one of those recommended shows in my netflix and it's like oh you might enjoy it no I, just just the cover, and the covers change, like for the season, the covers change, and, and Netflix, nope, nope, yep, nope, nope, thanks, no, nope. no thanks.
0: Well, it's funny, because we've watched all the seasons, and we actually sat down the other day, because luckily, between American Horror Story and um, The Walking Dead, whenever the new season starts, we can purchase them on Amazon, and pretty right. much watched them right along with right. Uh, the yep. current season. Which is great. Yeah. And so we sat down. I was like, well, do you want to watch the first episode of of uh, Freak Show? And John's like, no, not really. I was like, what? And he's like... The- the, the whole circus thing he said that freaks me out <laughs> <laughs> so i found i found his horror point <laughs> it, which apparently it's not ghosts, it's not witches it's not insane asylums but it's it's i guess clowns or something i don't know so yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny that i can't wait to is. see it um for me it's the walking dead ah uh, yeah that's um, a good one too and pretty much the zombies and stuff like that doesn't freak me out but anybody who's watched this season episode one i'm not going to spoil any of it because it's too early that freaked me out yeah i haven't seen this this season i
1: actually haven't seen the last season of walking dead but it's one of those shows where i feel tense watching it um so tense that
0: it like disturbs my sleep so <laughs> i have to be well, really
1: careful when i watch <laughs>
0: yeah be careful about episode one yeah it, it, especially for those of you who've read the comics you'll know why episode one is even that much more terrifying yeah yep um yeah it, it, it really got to me this time and yeah. kudos to them because they knew what they were doing they did a good job it was freaked me out yeah what about scariest book uh, I'm gonna go with Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you just said scariest. <laughs> you didn't say for theme or, you know, writing, so yeah. <laughs> so why is it scary for you? It's just bad writing. I actually haven't oh. I actually haven't read any of it, but um, <laughs> I've read I, I won't say I've read a couple of excerpts of it. I haven't read the book itself, but the writing is so terrible that it's just terrifying. So <laughs>
0: I can understand that. <laughs> um, for me, it was the Amityville Horror. Um, I read it when I was in high school. And um, horror, uh, especially back then, really affected me, like you were talking about. Yeah. And I was sitting in cl- my classroom. I was actually in homeroom, bright of day, sitting next to a window, reading American, uh, uh, the Amityville Horror, and just got the f- hell freaked out of me. And I look up, I close that book, and I am i can't move. I can't get up. I can't leave. I'm just sitting there, and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I'm scared to death. That's funny. That's yeah. Funny. Very very good, at least for high school kid. Yeah. So if you could have um, one dream costume of any kind with no limitations, what would you want?
1: Uh, I would want a superb Wonder Woman costume. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is probably of no surprise to anybody who's listened to the show with any kind of regularity. But there was a woman at Geek Girl Con who had a kind of steampunk um, mm. bustier, Wonder Woman thing going on with um, the metal kind of looking burnished and, you know, um, uh, darker gold rather than kind of the gold, the flashy gold of Linda Carter. Um, and I just, I just absolutely loved it. I actually stopped her. She was right behind me on the escalator and I'm like, oh my God, I love your costume. And she's like, oh, thank you. So yeah, that's something
0: like that. Yeah. As a kid, what, what, what was your most desirable costume?
1: Um, I did lots of witches when I was a kid, um, and I always really had a had a good time with those. My mom made most of my costumes, mm-hmm. um, but one of the ones that um, that I loved the most actually was my first costume. I think it was my first costume. My mom made me a Kermit the Frog costume.
0: Oh my!
1: Um, and she made it, you know, before like the costumes of today are are, are not like in, in the 70s they were you know those awful plastic things with the plastic masks you couldn't yep. actually like see out of I didn't have anything like that when my mom made the um, the Kermit the Frog for me she made the Kermit head so it was sitting on top of my head much like you see a lot of the costumes today where like
0: oh, yeah. you can
1: see the kid's face yeah. so my mom had designed that she made it all out of felt you know and, and you know did it for me um, and I'd have to say that you know if I was going to pick my favorite of any of my costumes it was my first one
0: well if i have a dream costume um and this shouldn't be a surprise either it would probably be ripley in the caterpillar workloader Uh, nice yeah that would be awesome that would be so fantastic i am (laughs) wearing. yeah
1: that would be fantastic
0: (laughs) and my dream costume as a kid that i never got was um, an I Dream of Genie costume? Oh, <laughs>
1: because I
0: wanted scarf pants. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I wanted those frilly scarf pants. Yeah, those but were that was it never happens. happened. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, we obviously could use your help with horror recommendations. Um, horror is not my strongest genre, and actually is a fairly new genre for me, um, and is is not our biggest pick for any of these topics, although I have read all Stephen King stuff I could read. G- give us some ideas. What are you going to do for Halloween? What type of recommendations would you make for a scary movie night? And uh, what are you going to dress up as this year? You've been listening to Game on Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can find me on Twitter at Room. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. Email Rhonda at gameongirl.com, and you can also find me on Tumblr and Instagram.
1: And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz, as I'm known on Twitter, Steam, and everywhere else. And thanks to our fearless intern, Isabella, uh, we actually have a Tumblr for Game on Girl now. Sweet! So, gameongirl.tumblr.com, I guess, is how those go. So, yeah, so you can find Game on Girl on Tumblr and follow us there if you'd like. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. We are also available to stream on the Radio Foo Bar and All Games Networks. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, get your trick-or-treat on!